0: Welcome to Mystery Magic and Science. I'm your host, Michael Disco. I'm a massage therapist, a Reiki master, a meditation instructor, and an EFT practitioner. In the summer of 2012, I decided to get off my barstool and find a different path. My life is now completely unrecognizable from what it was then. I've been studying, reading, and meditating for nearly a decade to learn to regain control of my life and make it what I want it to be. The point of this podcast is to share what I've learned along the way and what I keep learning every day from my practice and my path. You can change your life too. It takes perseverance, dedication, and an open mind. Sometimes I still struggle, but I'm on path to heal myself to be the best version of me. I invite you to come with me. Let's take back our lives and do something beautiful. stretched herself up on tiptoe and peeped over the edge of the mushroom, and her eyes immediately met those of a large caterpillar that was sitting on the top with its arms folded, quietly smoking a long hookah, and taking not the smallest notice of her or of anything else. The caterpillar and Alice looked at each other for some time in silence. At last, the caterpillar took the hookah out of its mouth and addressed her in a languid, sleepy voice. "'Who are you?' said the caterpillar. This was not an encouraging opening for a conversation. Alice replied rather shyly, "'I I hardly know, sir, just at present. At least I know who I was when I got up this morning.' But I think I must have been changed several times since then. What do you mean by that? Said the caterpillar sternly. Explain yourself. I can't explain myself, I'm afraid, sir. Said Alice. Because I'm not myself, you see. I don't don't see, see, said the caterpillar. I'm afraid I can't put it more clearly, Alice replied very politely, for I can't understand it myself to begin with. And being so many different sizes in a day is very confusing. It It isn't, isn't, said the caterpillar. Well, perhaps you haven't found it so yet, said Alice. But when you have to turn into a chrysalis, You will someday, you know. And then after that, into a butterfly. I should think you'll feel a little queer, won't you? Not a bit, said the Caterpillar. Well, perhaps your feelings may be different, said Alice. All I know is, it would feel very queer to me. You, said the Caterpillar contemptuously, who... Are you? Lewis Carroll published Alice's Adventures in Wonderland in 1865. This conversation Alice has with the caterpillar has always struck me. While the overall theme of the book is a comment on the ridiculousness of polite society, there are also undercurrents of spirituality. This exchange between Alice and the caterpillar is perhaps the most spiritually poignant. The Caterpillar is obviously on the path. He knows he is changing every day and is preparing and ready for the day that he disappears into a chrysalis only to emerge a butterfly, which is often used as a metaphor for achieving enlightenment. He is confused and a little irritated by Alice's disorientation and fear of change. The most important thing he is saying here, however, is the question we will discuss today. Who are you? The question is really the beginning of the spiritual journey. It's at the center of every philosophy and religion. What you believe about yourself defines how to perceive the world and how you experience even the smallest events in your life. Imagine you are wearing glasses and what you believe about yourself actually changes the lenses in the glasses, changing how you see the world around you. We've all heard of rose-colored glasses that only allow you to see the good, the positive, or beautiful around you. But these lenses of belief not only change the way you see, hear, and feel things, but are at the very core of how you experience even the most basic things. So ask yourself the question, who are you? I want you to think about this for a minute. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath and visualize yourself. How do you define you? How do you see yourself? There are so many different ways to answer this question. Maybe you identify with your family. I'm a father a mother a step-parent i'm a partner a husband a wife i'm a brother a sister a niece i'm an uncle or an aunt maybe you identify with your career i'm a lawyer i'm a researcher i'm a massage therapist i'm a salesperson i'm a doctor i'm a server i'm a bartender maybe you identify with your religion or lack of religion i'm a christian i'm a catholic I'm an atheist. I'm Hindu. Buddhist. Sikh. I'm spiritual. I'm pagan. I don't believe in anything at all. Many people define themselves with their gender or sexuality. I'm straight. I'm gay. I'm bi. I'm trans. I'm pansexual. I'm polyamorous. I'm asexual. Some people even define themselves by their illnesses or psychological disorders. I'm ADHD, I'm bipolar, I'm depressed, I'm borderline, I'm sickly, I'm obese, I have cancer, I have lupus. Some people even define themselves by their mistakes or their past. I'm an alcoholic, I'm a recovering addict, I'm a suicide survivor, I'm a felon, I'm divorced. Most of us think of a combination of these things when we try to answer the question, who are you? But none of these things do a very good job describing who you are. Are. Most of them change throughout your lifetime. Your family identity changes every time someone is born or dies or is married or divorced. Your job can change dozens of times in your lifetime. Your sexuality and even your gender can change as you ebb and flow in this bizarre thing we call life. Your illnesses and even psychological problems should never be something you define yourself by and can always change as you heal. Your mistakes in your past are even worse ways to define yourself because you aren't even that person anymore. It's only someone you used to be. So who are you? Almost all of us could answer the question with our name. But let me ask you this. Does your name actually have anything to do with you? Other than giving the rest of us something to call you? Your parents name you unless you changed it later yourself. And even if you picked your own name and went down to the courthouse and signed the paper agreeing that you aren't invading unpaid debts and you feel somehow the name represents you, does it really? It defines you just as much as your social security number does. It's convenient to help the rest of us track you and keep up with what you've done and where you've been. But it really has nothing to do with who you actually are. I want to challenge you to try to visualize yourself, who you are, without using your name, your career, your sexuality, your past, or by defining yourself by your relationships to other people. Who are you really? Who are you if you take away all these things? Are you defined by your achievements then? Your failures? I don't think so. What about your memories? Would you still be you without your memories? People that have amnesia are still themselves. You are you without any of these things. What about your personality? Uh, our, Our personality is simply the sum of our habits. And our habits change. Both from intention and just from age and life circumstances changing. So, no, you're not your personality either. To complicate things even further... The way you see yourself and what you perceive that you are, who you perceive you are, is not what other people perceive. Don Miguel Ruiz does a great job explaining this particular phenomenon by suggesting to imagine that there is a theater complex and every movie in this theater is you. It's showing your life. You go into one theater and it is showing your story the way you see yourself. When you leave that theater and going into the next one, it's the same story, but the cast is completely different. And maybe this theater is your mother and how she sees you. So... She's cast completely different actors to show your story because she sees you completely differently than you see yourself. Leave that theater, go into the next one. And maybe it's your partner and how your partner sees you. And again, it's completely different. They've cast uh, completely different people to play everybody. But most importantly, what we're talking about now is you, right? So your partner sees you completely different than you do. You see yourself completely different than your mother, than your brother, than, than your boss, than anybody else in your life. So you changes depending on the perspective. So who are you? Okay. Let's start fresh. Let's start with what we know for sure. You are a human. That's for sure. You are alive. That's a good one. We can definitely agree that you are alive. You are a human being having this experience called life. Got it. Do you need to define yourself further? Are you something else? something more? This question is at the core of almost every philosophy, religion, or belief system, but we rarely think about it in our daily lives. The Hindu Upanishads, written sometime between 500 and 1500 BC, talk about consciousness as an ocean and that we are each a drop of water. I personally love this image and I feel like the metaphor is spot on. Drops of water when combined are no longer individual drops, but only the smallest divisible part of the whole. According to quantum theory, consciousness is the medium that reality exists in. In fact, the way quantum theory describes consciousness sounds very much like an ocean that creates the matrix in which matter is able to manifest. There are some neuroscientists that have accepted an alternative theory of the function of the brain in relation to consciousness. Instead of the idea that the brain somehow creates consciousness through a state of electrical and chemical reactions, this alternative theory sees the brain as a kind of interpreter of consciousness. To visualize this, you can think of consciousness as a radio signal, and our brains as radios that are interpreting that signal. Thinking about the brain this way has multiple implications. For one, it means that knowledge, or perhaps more importantly, understanding, is something that can be achieved by simply recognizing the flow of information. This explains the uncanny incidences of technological innovations being made at the same time with no communication between parties. It's called simultaneous invention and includes inventions like the light bulb, the telephone, calculus, the airplane. A study by Auburn and Thomas in 1922 produced a list of 148 major inventions and discoveries that were made independently by two or more groups at the same time. It also explains channelers or mystics that are able to describe events happening elsewhere or in the future, or medical mediums like Anthony William or Edgar Casey that can look at someone or touch them and accurately diagnose illness and intuit a healing path. I feel like this perspective also explains deja vu. Because divine or universal consciousness is not bound in time the way we are, but we occasionally are able to interpret or perceive events as if we have experienced them already. So it's really just like we picked up on a radio station a frequency away from the one we were listening to. Right? So, let's get back to it. Who the fuck are you? Are you starting to understand why Alice was having so much trouble? I'll tell you how I answer the question. It's up to you how to answer it for yourself. I am divine consciousness, having the experience of what it's like to be this particular human called Michael Disco. I believe you are the same. You are divine consciousness, having the experience of what it's like to be the particular human called you. I like to think that this may have been what Lewis Carroll was getting at with his Kurt Caterpillar. That's it for episode four. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about the energy matrix. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. I'd love your feedback. Turn off your TV, put down your phone, close your laptop, read a book, write in your journal, take a long bath, or listen to your favorite music. Every day, you have another chance to fall in love with yourself. Spend some time with you. Make it a priority. After all, you are a beautiful person full of light and potential and you deserve your own time and attention talk soon one love